0: Hello and welcome to Contemporary Cage, an expert and informed look at the latter half of actor Nicolas Cage's contemporary filmography. On today's episode, we're watching Season of the Witch. Witch. Season
1: of the Witch.
0: All right, Derek. We've done it once again. We've uh, we've watched another movie. And movies are supposed to be an escape, Derek. And this was a movie about a plague. This is about uh, a woman plague, who couldn't escape. Yeah, that's true. Being confined. while she was quarantined? Claire Foy was quarantined to her cage.
1: This movie was about. A plague, a disease. Yeah. So.
0: So another perfect choice, perfect timing for us. Um, but uh, on theme, uh, sort of keeping that going, that's sort of where everyone's head's at. Um, and, and you know, instead of running away from that stuff, we're going to face it head on, just in the same way that the Cage Man would. Uh, on our last episode, we, of course, decided... Our quarantine house. We had a, a huge so, list of uh, oh houses God. that um, had different cage characters and uh, cage items and in strange it.
1: inside uh, jokes from the pod. Like yes, the leaf guy.
0: S- yes, very very. <laughs> I uh, I'm sure I posted that um, with the episode when the episode came out, and I'm sure like the people who follow me on Twitter who do not listen to the podcast, were like, what? what is uh, Dad's Famous Hot Dogs? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> what is this? I so feel like we reference Dad's jokes.
1: Famous Hot Dogs at least once an episode. Plus, I don't think yeah. it, I think something the way he says it is a little off. It's not just Dad's Famous Hot Dog. It's like some weird, like, Dad's rotten like, yeah. Hot Dog or something stupid. It's,
0: dad's Friday Night World's Famous? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like something. that. It's like He that. puts a little extra spice on it. Well, oh, he's the cage. Um, But now that we've chosen our house, I'm going to sort of continue this exercise. Uh, (laughs) And we are going to be choosing, we're going to be doing a quarantine movie draft, Derek. You and I are both going to be drafting movies. So we're going to take turns going back and forth, uh, drafting movies where uh, we each pick our personal quarantine library from the list of Nick's films that we've watched for the show. And then whoever has the best library wins, we'll put this up to the audience. They get to decide if your library is the one that they wanna go with or if mine is.
1: So what's the difference between a a regular library and a quarantine library? This is just movies that we're gonna watch during uh, quarantine? Yeah, so
0: in the fiction, we don't actually have to do this, but in the fiction, uh, that we're creating. We're, we're in this house. These are the only films that you have available to yourself. This it's is like the Desert only Island. entertainment. That, exactly. These are our Desert Island films. These are our, like our quarantine lockdown films. This is all you have available to yourself. I would fucking so, kill myself. <laughs> is that an option? <laughs> so that's sort of... <laughs> no, no. Uh, whoever... Uh, Kesha's stopping you. You're, you're, you've are you become inconsolable. Oh. Uh Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to take turns and uh, me being the gentleman that I am, I'm going to send you our list uh, that we have as of right now. And I'm including this week's film, too. So we might get a little early preview uh, of um, the film that we watched this uh, this week. But I'm going to let you go first. You get to choose, and then we're sort of going to go back and forth until we have our library assembled. And feel free to sort of go through your internal reasoning as to why you I you're always
1: do, Dave. I always do. Uh, you want to break it down. I know you're giving me first pick, but I know you're the bigger Mandy fan. And, like, I feel like...
0: Yeah, this might work out. We might both get our first picks. Well,
1: the thing that's not going to work out is that I am not a big enough fan of Mandy, so the internet is going to side with you immediately when you pick Mandy. And the other movies aren't even going to matter. Because they're like,
0: oh, David's got the Mandy one. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of people have a place in their heart for Joe in the same way that you do. Um, I don't know.
1: It's possible. It's a little different. But we'll see. It's a little different. We're talking about Desert Island movies, you know? Yeah,
0: it is. It kind of changes the way you're looking at these Joe movies. Joe is
1: not bit. necessarily something I want to revisit all the time. Like, yeah, it's kind of a, like a, I mean, they're all, they can all be. I would
0: say all all of the top three movies on our list, Mandy, Joe, and Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, are all kind of emotionally exhausting movies in certain yeah. ways. Yeah, they they kind of take a lot out of you. It's not... Something you want to just have on all the time and are sort of like absent watching. our mid
1: tier is really shining here stuff like Color Out of Space, National Treasure, Stolen. That That's shit's awesome. I evergreen. thought this
0: was interesting. Yeah, I thought I think our, our list might be pretty different than how we would normally rank the movies. Mm. So, uh, what are you thinking for your first movie,
1: oh, Derek? Man. I just never want to watch Left Behind again. Um. <laughs> So my first pick, I will choose my pick of the litter. Pick of the litter, um, man. I don't know why. I don't think this is my pick, but I just uh, Book of Secrets is really jumping out to me as something that I could watch. Uh,
0: it's, long, it's really fucking long. It is yeah, a long, long watchable movie. You could throw that on. You can sort of be on your phone, not really paying attention to that. It, it is a good. Uh yeah, it's a good background movie. Yeah. It's a good sort of to like drop atten- your attention in and out of. Um yeah.
1: So it's maybe between that and uh Doggy Dog and <laughs> uh, uh oh boy, <laughs> we got
0: a, we got a lot of picks to make I mentor. know, I'm sorry.
1: I think well, the first one's <laughs> hardest because it's like you can judge, you know, based like out of any of these movies
0: yeah that's true you have you've got the pick of the litter right now because take anything i want
1: to get some you know bad goods like funny let's poke fun at it and i want a good movie once in a while you know
0: we know how much you love pay the ghost is that going to be the number one pick that's on
1: the tip (laughs) of my tongue uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say bad lieutenant call new orleans just because it's just so pure great pick
0: yeah Uh, that was definitely that was one i was considering for my first pick as well it's uh it's a a really special really funny in certain moments Mm -hmm. even though it it can get um super heavy but it's just a wild great fun watch um yeah okay so we're marking you down you've got uh bad lieutenant that's Derek's first pick his number one pick i've already got um my number one pick. Mm-hmm. I, I am gonna go with Mandy. Yeah. And that might sort of be obvious, but and, and one of my reasons for that is as we talked about in our in our Mandy episode, it, in a way it is two movies. And you could I feel like mm-hmm. Mandy is is uh I don't know if you ever do this, Derek. I'll sometimes do this where I'm like, I just really, really want to watch like this scene or this like section of a movie.
1: I do, I, that, like I, I do that with Star Wars movies all the time. Like I just yeah, want to see up like, to this point.
0: Yeah, totally. So I feel like on certain nights, if I'm feeling, like, romantic and chill, watch the first, like, third of Mandy. If I'm feeling like I just want to see, the world like, burn. really <laughs> wild, chaotic, psychedelic cage, I watch the latter half. Mm-hmm. I, so I feel like Mandy gets – I get a lot out of that. So uh, that's, my, that's my number
1: one Okay. Okay. Um, so my number two, because Protocol is pretty heavy – think I wanna do something a little lighter and I think um I think I gotta go Book of Secrets. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I gotta go National Treasure Book of Secrets, my man.
0: National Treasure two. Our favorite of the National Treasure series. Um of the two. (laughs) We were yeah, we we were hearing it a little bit i guess i guess benny was saying uh your brother t- texted us kind of outraged that we we gave uh national treasure a bad bad yeah um but then he he admitted he's like i haven't actually watched this since i was like in college and exactly. that, it might be i bad. think a lot
1: of people would have the same like reaction yeah.
0: um okay so you got national treasure two i am going to pick Oh, man, I didn't expect Joe to still be on the I table know. at I this know, point. I know, I know. Um, that's kind of throwing me off. Um, hmm, do I grab Joe? Because who who knows how much longer it'll be here? Or do I get something else? Um,
1: I think
0: I think I'm gonna grab Joe.
1: Okay, so the number one and number two movies, huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey.
0: They were available to, <laughs> to you as well. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to take Joe just because even though it's uh, uh, maybe not something I'm going to be doing a lot of repeat viewings of, That that's a real, you know, I, I'm happy sitting down watching I'm going, that, so. all right,
1: I'm going stolen. I'm going stolen. Oh, My, and he stole it. Mine's party, baby. It's Bad Lieutenant getting wild. National treasure for the adventure yeah. stolen for the real fun theater popcorn cage. This is quarantine yeah, and we're gonna get through it, baby.
0: That's really fun, actually. Um yeah, Stolen's great choice. Ch- 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 what am I gonna grab next? Uh I've got I've got Colorado Space. I've got the trust, I've got Dog Eat Dog. Um. You know what I think I'm gonna choose is. I think I'm gonna choose dog eat dog mm. i want something i want something wild and crazy that i can of put on
1: my port of call for you the port of call yeah slot. exactly
0: something a little chaotic um so yeah i'm grabbing dog eat dog our our, our first movie that we ever watched um Mandy, Joe, Dog Eat Dog for me, Bad Lieutenant, National Treasure Two, and Stolen for you. What's what's your number four? I'm gonna pick, keep the Derek? party
1: going, keep it colorful, keep it awesome. We're going Color Out of Space, baby.
0: Oh, that's a great choice. And remember, uh, Season of the Witch is still on the board. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. I hope I sent that over. That's to okay you as well. Um, color Out of Space, but yeah, you choosing a horror movie made me. Remember that we've got season of the witch in the mix too uh yeah color out of space is great you've got yeah you've got a sort of a, a spread um of different movies and to try to compete with that i think i'm going to choose something that kind of bucks the convention for me as of uh as of what i'm currently working with i think i'm going to grab ghost rider
1: oh i hate ghost rider you can take that <laughs> I hate Ghost Rider. I, yeah,
0: I liked Ghost Rider a bit more than you. I think that might have been maybe I was in the a bad where mood we diverged or something.
1: On. But that one did not. I sit don't know. Well. It,
0: it's possible that that sort of just is where our sensibilities line up. I might be a little more forgiving of uh, superhero stuff than you. Um, yeah, I'm not a superhero. But yet. yeah. Uh, you know, we got Sam Elliott in there. We've got yeah. Nick being pretty fun. Uh, Eva Mendez, who also shows up in in Bad Lieutenant, she's great. Um, but yeah, that's that's a that's sort of a classic popcorn flick. The the other three that I had are pretty heavy, mm-hmm. so I want to dig some you of got that lightened like, up the you got, palette. Like, the,
1: like, Oscar chasers and stuff. Yeah, you're not necessarily popping them on all the time.
0: Uh, I don't know if Dog Eat Dog was <laughs> chasing, <laughs> the chasing
1: something. Uh, I'm gonna probably kay. surprise you with my next pick. Um, Ooh, ghost. this is, <laughs> no, this is, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be much of a surprise if you immediately guessed it, Dave. This is, uh, <laughs> not necessarily a very good movie, but I think number one is a good palate cleanser and number two, there's a lot you can focus on, uh, okay. in a, in a light of just having nothing else to watch, which is the choreography. And I'm going to pick up outcast for all the fights. Ah,
0: scenes. fun. Fun choice, okay. Because that was Eric. our
1: biggest complaint was that it, it felt like it was directed by a stunt coordinator because it literally yeah. was.
0: <laughs> definitely, um, yeah. Outcast, Outcast has some definitely redeeming qualities. If you want to watch um, some decently choreographed uh, Hayden Christensen <laughs> uh, fight yeah. scenes, that that's that's your movie. Um, great. Okay. Next up, I think I'm going to grab the trust. Oh, that was my next. Uh, really dug the trust. We reviewed it last week. Um, just some good quality, and, and that that's got the comedic side that I, uh, that I kind of want. Brightens up the palette a little bit as well. Okay, what's your number six pick, Derek? So
1: now we're getting into it here. Um, yeah. I will let me see, Mandy's gone, Joe's gone, Bad Lieutenant Gone, Trust, Doggy Dog. So we got Frozen Ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Original National Treasure.
0: Yep. We got Grand Isle, Kill Chain, Primal, Pay the Ghost, Left Behind, Sorcerer's Apprentice, and Season of the Witch.
1: Um I'm gonna go Season of the Witch. Yeah I'm gonna go Season of the Witch. I'm getting all like the fantasy like sci fi ones.
0: Yeah, you are. I I pro- that would probably would have been my uh next choice too. Uh we haven't we haven't talked about it yet, but there's some uh there's some stuff, there's some atmospheric stuff that I could be into. Have a having season of the witch on in the library. Yeah. Um All right. So just so you don't get the market cornered on Nat. Tredge, oh, I, gonna, I, I I want to get s- the <laughs> set. I'm going to scoop that up. I got to get the set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna we split that. up the
1: kids dave
0: pull, pull that little combo right out yeah you're gonna be your housemates are gonna be looking to you and being like i i don't i can't follow any of this yeah i gotta say how did how do they know each other it's john john wilkes booth's grandpa or something what's barber's going on barbers daughter's roommate <laughs> yeah uh okay so what's your next pick my man hmm.
1: well i mean frozen ground could add some realism to my my cast of characters here um, yeah i'm i'm feeling like there's some there's some cool stuff with kill chain like the first act of kill chain but i don't know i think like i could get annoyed with that I think hmm Mm-mm-mm. I think I gotta go with pay the ghost
0: <laughs> oh pay the ghost another horror another you've got. you've got I'm a you've genre got the guy. horror trifecta you've got season of the witch you've got uh, Colorado of space and pay the ghost I'm a genre guy that's what I, I love genre
1: stuff Dave
0: I love it that's a, yeah, that's a great little, um, that's a great little, uh, you know, if you're doing sort of a, a triple feature.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nick Cage Horror Night. Um, okay, so you grabbed Pay the Ghost. Um, I will get to answer. You've grabbed Pay the Ghost. It's gone. Um, I think that I will get... Ooh. Oh. Slim pickens now. Yeah, it's getting down to it. <laughs> it's getting it's getting dire. Um I'm going to get big news item we're going to talk about it later. Big Cats and Nick Cage are in the news. Yeah. I'm yeah. going primal, primal baby. Primal. Fun fun Nick mm, Cage for It's performance. middling, man. <laughs> it's a middling movie. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some brief flashes of of something well, you that know what? You could maybe qualify as fun.
1: We put it above Pay the Ghost. I don't know. We might need to do a Pay the Coast mm. Part 2 revisit. Wow. We you know
0: what? What if we Did What it. if we had I mean, this might be really chaotic, but what if we sort of revisited? I feel like that would be an entire episode dedicated to a, a, a reshuffling where we can sort of but I think no. We, I think we've talked about this before. I think we said that if we were to ever do that, we would need to rewatch whatever movies were changing. Yeah. Uh, in order to justify it. But that's that's another segment. Both um, the movies,
1: every movie that it replaces in terms of gets above as well as the movie mm-hmm. itself. Just to yes. be sure. <laughs>
0: so if we were swapping knowing and Mandy, we would have Watch to rewatch the everything. Whole
1: <laughs> gambit <laughs> okay. And if we still feel like knowing is better than Mandy at that point, then we can change it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh,
0: So what's your next pick, D-Man? The Frozen Ground. Frozen Ground. Oh, yeah, that's...
1: Whoops. Forgot about that one, Dave. I did forget about that one. (laughs) It's not really one you want to watch often, but...
0: It's really not, yeah. Um, And especially with, like already having eat oh dog eat dog right, that's a right. little i don't have as heavy. much
1: of the like realism stuff plus like mm-hmm. at a certain point some of these movies i rather be looking at a fucking wall and it's better like for my <laughs> sanity
0: <laughs> that's true okay so in the mix just to go over this again we still have uh grand isle you have uh, we still have kill chain correct yeah, yeah. okay grand isle kill chain uh left behind sorcerer's apprentice and knowing yeah. i think those are the only ones we have on the board still um i out of all of those ooh um i think that i will take i think i want to take knowing
1: <laughs> dude honestly i would rather take sorcerer's apprentice or knowing over left behind <laughs> Yeah. Plus, so that's one. You don't. You have reshuffle. so many good ones too. You don't have like I have. a I have like three that are like fun to watch because they're mm-hmm. bad. Good bads. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I grabbed knowing. I think that you know, at least it's like a big budget disaster film. You get Nick running around with leaves in his face. That, you oh, know, the leaves guy. You get the leaves really bad, guy. But that's true. Yeah, I got the leave guys at, in my corner
1: uh so what am i looking at here i'm looking at uh you grand isle it. kill chain left dude grand isle for sure that's a fun one
0: yeah that was the one i was considering weighing against knowing yeah uh, Grandi- grand Isle's i have good. a lot
1: of fun movies i'm liking my list just a fun yeah. guy
0: <laughs> kesha yeah kesha and terrence mcdonough and the cheddar goblin yeah. and justin bartha are all gonna you guys are gonna have a great time it's gonna be a party um i am gonna grab uh i'm gonna get kill chain okay uh sure. which means that we have sorcerer's apprentice and left and Behind. i will take Are sorcerer's do apprentice it to me? yeah okay makes sense and then i get all uh, the fantasy oh wow you cornered the market on fantasy i have not in
1: my waking life and now in my pod life
0: <laughs> yeah you've got Alfred Molina as an evil (laughs) wizard who was in a jar or something? Yeah, something like that. Um, Okay, so I'll go over both of our lists one last time. And then uh, as you're listening to this, uh, listener, there will be an active poll on Twitter where you can uh, vote for whose library is best. And please,
1: even though you're probably going to see this on Twitter or not hear this, but if you do hear this before you vote, please have the context in mind that this is... Movies that you have to watch over and over in quarantine, mm-hmm. desert island style, okay.
0: This is all you have access this to. This is it. This is your whole so library of entertainment. Think, yeah, this is this is a real holistic uh, library. You're you're trying to do a, a full curated spectrum of, of like what you're in the mood for. Right. Um So yeah, Derek, his list is Bad Lieutenant, National Treasure Two, Stolen, Color Out of Space, Outcast, Season of the Witch, Pay the Ghost, The Frozen Ground, Grand Isle, and Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay, My list is Mandy, Joe, Dog Eat Dog, Ghost Rider, The Trust, National Treasure, Primal, Knowing, Kill Chain, and Left Behind. I think think your list might be better. So
1: you have, I had to give up like three of the top four to make my list what it is, but... You have primal, left behind and kill chain and like mm-hmm. could you imagine watching all three of the like god I would fucking kill myself at at that I'd point.
0: I'd I'd rewatch primal but both kill chain and left behind but those are half sitting of on primal, the shelf man
1: Yeah that's true Like all of mine uh, I feel like I could <laughs> pop in and have a good time
0: Yeah that's true Yeah you got you got a solid list but uh you might not. You might be lacking in uh, in the quality. Mine, mine's a little top heavy. It is. I mean, um, Bad
1: Lieutenant is my kind of ringer, but oh yeah, but you do. I mean, Mandy and Joe and the Trust and Doggy Dog. Like you have all of the top ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are those are big boys. Yeah. Um. Well, great. Uh. That was that was fun, Derek. I like doing that.
1: Yeah, I kind of like. Almost wanted to watch my movies for a second. And then I realized yeah, I don't you have would. to.
0: <laughs> Just create that situation for yourself. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into the meat of the episode. On this week, we watched Season of the Witch. Uh, this was a 2011 film. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a historical horror adventure film starring Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. historical um, and Yeah, they... It, it's funny, because I was watching some press material, some like interviews and stuff, and they really were like, we really wanted to make sure that it was historical huh. and grounded no. and concerned with realism. No. But there's a little bit. There's a there's, little like, a bit little of Hollywood
1: bit. twist in there.
0: Yeah. Um, so Cage and Perlman, uh star as uh, Teutonic knights who return from the Crusades. Uh, Nick becomes disillusioned with the actions that he's Performing while on the crusade. Yeah, on a and, dime. Uh,
1: on a dime. After yeah. murdering countless and sacking hundreds of villages and kingdoms, one fucking yeah. scene is lit dramatically and he decides this is wrong.
0: <laughs> that was the turning point. He that was sort of the breaking point for him. Oh my um, god. But yeah, they return to their homeland and it's uh it's like deep. Into the spread um, of the uh, of the black of plague. the plague of black death, but it's yeah. but
1: it's like even more dramatized version of it, right? It's like crazy, oh, yeah, insane, pus-filled zombie death.
0: Yes, yeah. We actually, so um, Christopher Lee is in yes. this movie. Yes, who he of is. Course plays Saruman, uh, and he actually there's like kind of a bold. In a bold move, they cover him up with some like really grotesque, yeah. like there's some prosthetic uh, bulbous work. black p- plague. But I thought it looked awesome, actually. Yeah. I thought it looked really cool and upsetting and, and scary. Uh, so, like, some uh, they did some work with his some mouth
1: where his like his jaw yeah. almost looks like it's deteriorating. It's, it's, it's You can't yeah, even tell it's, it's the actor unless you really kind of look closely and listen.
0: Right. Had I not known that he was in this, I would not have placed it as
1: uh, as Christopher I Lee. am but yeah, such so a big Lord of the Rings fan that I knew it immediately, but I wouldn't expect well, that of everyone. Really. Okay.
0: Well, sort of challenging my fandom there. You um, may have <laughs> the
1: high score on the Lord of the Rings pinball machine in the Cynodome and NABBA before it was demolished, but I have seen the movies more than you.
0: That might be true.
1: It is. Who it knows? Is true.
0: Yeah, I don't watch. Or, do you watch those annually? I'm not. I, I'm not challenging you. Are you? Uh, I d- haven't watch, been watching or? them
1: nor, uh, like annually normally as much, but uh, I would watch them uh, almost. I would watch Lord of the Rings Extended Edition almost every couple months in the last two years of high school, leading wow. up to my like. Um, chasing of getting accepted into film school because I had like the appendices yeah. and stuff. So I would just put it on before bed and there was mm. there was a commentary that you could do on the movies. And they had not just like they split it up into like eight commentaries. So it was like here's the commentary with just the actors, here's the commentary with just the directors, here's the commentary with just the production crew. Right. Here's the commentary yeah. with just the art department. Like each department I, I had
0: those editions as well. It was really yeah, really expansive. I, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful that they had the foresight to have and then like the making of stuff that that exists for those just movies is so fun. Per movie. Yeah. It's uh it's really great, yeah. Yeah. So um I watched Does all of I've that stuff movie, exist for like... the Hobbit trilogy as well? I don't know. <laughs> does that amount of behind <laughs> the scenes? That's so I don't funny. think so. <laughs> just, the Lord of the Rings to see, trilogy like, is Angeline Lilly and Lee Pace talking about their time as an elf. <sighs> That must have been such a sad thing for those, like, the dwarves and stuff. Because it's like, you know, you go and you're like, oh, we get to (laughs) do this. We get to do an extension of this, uh, of this, like, great trilogy. And then, like, it just turns out so bad. It's just Um, a different
1: thing. The the original Lord of the Rings is, like, a a source of national pride for, like, a nation that came together. And, like, uh, a production company that was created to like produce these huge, massive films. And The yeah. Hobbit is not that.
0: The Hobbit is not that. And uh, yeah, this is definitely more working in the Hobbit space. <laughs> yes, the a little the bit. Space. <laughs> I I was thinking about The Lord of the Rings, actually, while I was watching this movie because it really tries to... Um, it, it, so the, the, the core idea of this movie is that uh, Ron Perlman and Nick Cage are two... Uh, uh, former Crusader crusader Knights that have left the church behind and then are hired to transport a witch, uh, this woman who is believed to be a witch, to this location where then she will be, like, ritually murdered, which the church, or which, which these, like, officials believe will uh, end the church. Black Plague. Yeah. Um, so... But uh, the point that I was going to make is that Ron Perlman and Nick Cage, they really kind of set it up as like, this is, these guys are buddies. This is like a buddy sort of like, almost like there's some road trippy elements to it. Uh, And there's, there's definite banter between Ron Perlman and Nick Cage, but it's really pretty lazy. It feels like the type of thing that like, would be improvised in a bad D&D game. It's all like I think the first things that they're saying to each other is like whoever uh whoever kills more is buying the first round of drinks. And then yeah. they're like fighting people and is like M- oh, minutes I'm before they decide thirsty.
1: Yeah, minutes before they decide that maybe this whole crusades thing is wrong
0: yes definitely it's like an ongoing definitely game definitely some been weird, <laughs> yeah whiplash there where it's like uh okay um but yeah if you think about that compared to like the uh dialogue that exists between like a gimli and a legolas it's like oh this is like I, I just game. can't believe <laughs> they have the same game
1: yeah where they whoever kills boar wins
0: yeah exactly but it's like that's there's there it this stuff is written like so much more uh uh yeah there's like actual characterization in it versus it just being like very very uh generic like fantasy banter uh which is what exists in this movie um
1: uh yeah so i care a lot about fantasy and stuff right so so i was into the movie i was into it (laughs) yeah but yeah, me too. My here's my little like. A lot of times I sit here and say this is bad or this should. Blah, 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 but this is like yes, this is yeah. this is me offering a solution that I think would have been much much better for the movie. Is that the very first scene is kind of like a fun. Like, it doesn't have to do with a lot of the main characters. It's just, like, gets us in the world, and it's, like, just this crazy witch trial where they have these women who they say that they're witches. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all fun. It's, like, highly saturated, very crazy. It's establishing in the world that there is magic and there is witches. The hound is also in that scene, and he has a very hound line from uh, Game of Thrones where he says, like, she's fucking dead enough for me, and he, like, leaves because the priest wants him to say a prayer to make sure the witch is dead. Anyway, keep Such that in. Such a good
0: delivery of that line that it's, like, surprising that he doesn't show up again. It's like, oh, they, they only used him for that. But it's, yeah. Whoops. They He's didn't great. know
1: what they had. They didn't know what they had. Right, exactly. Because um, he hadn't blown up yet, but he the talent was there, all, like, readily apparent. Um, mm-hmm. So keep that in. All right. Now, as soon as that's over, we get this weird montage of Nick Cage's character and Ron Pullman's character, the, the Crusader buddies, going from town to town, destroying people in the Crusades, which really, really ruins the beginning of the movie because one it really makes his turn to not be a crusader. Totally, I don't buy it, it's very strange and it, it feels disconnected to his character moment and not earned. Two, what the fuck's going on with the effects and stuff in some of those sequences? They look shitty. Like
0: It feels like uh, uh, like um, a studio had really, really loved 300 or something yeah, and they yeah. wanted to do like that sort of stylized comic book. There's some sort of like, um, uh, the the style of slow-mo that's used in 300 oh, where it'll be like a long single shot where it's like s- slowed down and then sped up again that there's a little bit of that in this movie um, but it's it's like
1: executed. Yeah. So it's just
0: not as, uh, yeah, it's not as well choreographed. There's the costumes don't look as good. The, the, the color like seems off and, and strange. I don't know if they um, had
1: enough money and they did it wrong or they didn't have enough money. So they tried to do what they could, or they used too much money where a little bit of money would have been good. But, or, but like we've those got a
0: budget se- of, n- of 40 million, 40 million. So not okay. a huge, uh, budget for but, what um, they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, okay, so my whole issue is, like, uh, those those scenes look bad. It, it specifically, like, took away from the character moment that establishes, like, the plot of the movie with them being, like, turncoats. Mm-hmm. When that is over and the scene kind of, like, finishes with Ron Perlman and Nick Cage deciding that they're going to desert, we cut to a big sweeping plane in kind of an abandoned kingdom that once was as... Nick and Ron Perlman are hooded travelers trying to go to a town, right? That's cut out that whole shit where you like show them actually going to the towns and actually showing him just cut from the crazy intro Boom, to these mysterious guys that clearly have a backstory, that have banter with each other. You're like, oh, they're turncoats. We slowly find that out through them being worried about seeing their sword in the town. Like, all that would have been so, so much more interesting and would have cost less money for the studio. Like, that would have been such a better way to treat these characters and to intro this movie. But it, like, had to be spelled out for us. It's like in Shakespeare, the crazy shit happens off screen and they come back mm-hmm. and they talk about it as it already happens so that your imagination can fill in those scenes.
0: Yeah, and you wouldn't even need to add literally anything else to the movie because as soon as they come in contact with other people, it's referenced to that, oh, this is Bayman who abandoned the Crusades. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a former knight who abandoned the Crusades. And then immediately you get, oh, these are nomadic like uh, knights without a cause. Uh, so you just get it immediately. And then also that 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 scene, I, I really like that scene of them uh, exploring mm-hmm. uh, ju- yeah, it's like a, it's like really, really pretty. They're walking along a coastline. It looks like it could be Scotland or Ireland perhaps. Uh, and then they come to that that like single um, uh, farmhouse mm-hmm. and uh, it's been ravaged by the black black plague and uh and and yeah they're sort of scavenging for food you get a little bit of that banter but it's like a little better because instead of being in front of a green screen surrounded by a hundred extras uh it's just them on location in an actual space like getting to act off of each other um yeah it's like banter in a
1: in like a dark situation that the characters are trying to reel Mm -hmm. with and you're like For sure l- you're learning more about the world and what's going on and it's strange that these guys like it's like where have these guys been why are they here now um
0: yeah and then it's, so it's also tonally, it, it's that scene is tonally in line with the the, the horror elements that they're going mm-hmm. with because they they find a couple who have almost uh who have they believe succumb to the Black Plague, uh, but then, like, uh, the woman in the bed sort of, like, lunges out to them with, like, a death rattle, uh, and it's like, oh, okay, if you go from the um, the witch trial to this and then yeah. on with the rest of the journey, it, and then, like, when you're seeing Christopher Lee in his, like, uh, sort of uh, bubonic makeup, mm-hmm. uh, all, all of that is, like, so in line, and then you have this, this weird stuff with the Crusades where it's, like, Whoa! It is. It's so strange, and obviously they put like all, a lot of money into that part, um, it but honestly, doesn't really fit with the rest. It of the It honestly
1: might have been pickups. Like it could have been like test audiences didn't really understand clearly enough, and they wanted a super hmm. wide appeal and a huge, as big audience as possible. So they added one yeah. more action and two more like literal translation of exactly what the backstory is before we get into it, and it like. It, it's it, it's such such a clear cut miss that would have, like everything about Nick Cage's performance would have been better too, because him feeling like he needs to be uh, vindicated or, or redeemed rather, and like him feeling like he, he turned his back to this like this order, it would have been more believable because it would have just been yeah. relying on Nick's acting with that backstory in his head, rather than the terrible situation the director put him and us as viewers in by having to have that fucking like weird action montage. God, it just yeah bad. Yeah, and then
0: the movie I I, I like the the movie is an interesting genre blend or it tries to blend some interesting genres we talked a little bit about how there's like some buddy stuff there there's definitely like a road trip element there's almost like a western element where you you're leaving this town on this quest and then you uh they find, like, they're like, we need uh, someone who's going to be our guide, who's, who, like, knows the terrain and the land. Uh, mm-hmm. We need, they have, like, a priest who, who is there, who is, like, the person who's supposed to, like, perform the ritual killing of the witch that they have. Who they steals have the, the witch show.
1: Best actor in that movie is, is that, that priest. Who the they, priest they was tr- really good. He was really good.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, and uh and then Claire Foy who who's in The Crown is the witch. Yeah. Uh, and it's the like queen. very strange to to see like someone who like is now known at, at, at like as for this like really sort of like quiet thoughtful <laughs> performance that's like mm-hmm. a tr- a great performance uh in Like who's just in a cage the entire movie with like long black stringy hair and they they very much play into an element of uh, like do we trust her do we not trust her is she actually a witch is
1: they tried in the beginning and it was interesting they were like is mm -hmm. she a witch or is this just you know because we're 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 conditioned to believe that when people say she's a witch that they're full of shit uh, based Mm -hmm. off of like the Salem witch trials and all that shit stuff so there is like reasonable doubt that she wouldn't be and there's lots of scenes where she's kind of being manipulative where you're like is she being manipulative or am I just being convinced because of like the peer pressure that she's a witch and that only really lasts for a short while before they decide it's pretty much you cannot argue that this woman is clearly, like, some sort of witch. (laughs) Like, or there is some magical fuckery going on with this person. Yeah. Like, they don't hide it, and they pretty much explicitly reveal that. A little too early. To
0: Yeah, definitely. I I remember... And then the ultimate twist at the end is that she's not a witch. She's a woman possessed by a demon, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, like... It was it felt like I don't know. I the the way that this movie becomes sup- supernatural and like kind of leaves behind the horror stuff and becomes more of a like mid 2000s It literally like, becomes Van an Helsing episode of Supernatural. Constant Yeah, exactly, yeah. where they're fight they're literally like fighting, you know, CGI gargoyle demons and yeah. it, it like I I thought that that stuff. I was I was pretty much like out checked out by that point but the smaller stuff the the sequences on the road uh where it's banter between the small party and them trying to like problem solve I, I liked that stuff and I, I was like relatively hooked on that stuff they they also have like a young squire who joins them he's uh, uh, in the umbrella
1: academy uh he's a good actor too he's very young in this uh, okay the, like, yeah i, he's I like thought drug he was addict d- in umbrella academy
0: Oh, okay. I I haven't seen that, but um, yeah. I thought he was good. He's a cute guy. There's a good fight scene between him and Ron Perlman where yeah. there's there's like they they play into the fact that Ron Perlman is like a little old but clearly stronger and a better swordsman, and the kid is like really wily and like up for Improviser. a fight, but is also yeah. kind of cowardly in some ways. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and it's like well choreographed. Yeah, they kind of just let it play out character um, development
1: and like yeah. revealing things about characters through the choreography and the and the combat which is exactly what it's for
0: totally uh yeah i thought that was a good scene um but ultimately like you you never get that deeply invested in the characters especially Nick's character i thought Nick's performance this really <sighs> did feel kind of like what we've talked about in like national treasure, where he can kind of like turn his eyes off and just doesn't seem that present. See, I think,
1: I think the fault, uh, is more on the director in this case, because there was an incongruence with the cast. And how do we want to play this fantasy? Like, are we really hamming it up and we're doing accents and shit? Or are we just, Mm -hmm. we're modern dudes with swords because like Ron Perlman, has not even a, a, a hint of an accent and he even uses like modern phrases and this is a really nitpicky thing but it drove me crazy his hair is just so fucking barber clean like you cannot get hair to yeah. look like that unless you have a nice number 4 like on the sides like it's so like modernly put together right. no one in medieval times has the like tools yeah he's got like a fade
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: it's 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 ridiculous and so like with him speaking like like with a modern sensibility and other characters not really putting mm-hmm. in the effort, but like Nick, he does try to go there and gives a little bit more of that epic fantasy and like a little bit of a um, a little bit of like an accent in some ways. But because the world around him doesn't play ball, it makes him mm-hmm. look kind of ridiculous and out of place. Yeah, which, that's which that's like, a really good observation I wish there was like a be- I wish the director said like we need it to be more like this or we need it to go away from this like it was almost like he let the actors make their own choices which yeah. good god we would never want that in Hollywood <laughs> well, it, well and it's like it's not
0: even that they were like told to make their own choices it's that they maybe like r- arrived being like just, like, fully off of... They were like, okay, let's all get on the same page. And then they realized there was like, oh, no one is going to get us onto the same page. And yeah. it is... You have these, like, really, really dissonant act, uh, accents. And then, it, yeah, yeah the, I think that is a big preventative no reason why you're not able to, like, get invested with any of these characters or really care about their relationships with one another. Um, yeah, because there's a big... There's a big uh, sort of arc with Nick. He, he kills an innocent woman in the Crusades, which is the reason he ends up leaving. And then, of course, now he is sort of questioning the innocence of this woman that he is escorting right. to her death. Because he was so the th- most like like arc, prone but to but
1: believe she was innocent and being taken advantage of, and he wanted to save her. Um, because right. Because he's like carrying guilt of not being able to save a woman that he killed by his own hand. Yeah. But then that kind of fucks with his head because she actually is, you know, um, uh, an antagonist and like a source of evil in in the, in the, for
0: sure. Yeah. But the, just the lack of like realization of the characters kind of prevents any of that from having any sort of like emotional weight. You just don't feel like a single one of those characters is, like realized and actualized. And I think you're probably dead on that. It had a lot to do with direction. I think that this movie actually went through a lot of reshoots with a different mm. director, yeah. uh, which is like, oh, that, you know, that kind of makes sense. Um,
1: well, and to like <sighs> some, some parts are like tools for the writer. Like they're generic. Like, like um, I like around halfway through the movie based off of Nick Cage's like Ron Perlman sidekick, Just the Mm -hmm. way that he was like, always loyal, always keeping it light, kind of gruff, but the audience starts loving him more and more. You know that Hellboy vibe. I was like, oh, this guy's gonna sacrifice and die. Like that's what he's made for. Like this is all like clear that he is gonna be like reveal himself to really have the heart of gold and noble hero because he doesn't have like. A family or anything to live for except for whatever the fuck nick cage's character wants to do is like his only like compass in life so like he's just an object to be used to like garner this like sympathy um,
0: yeah yeah real like yeah real motivation light for him no real like there's no piece of characterization to like, we don't know if that person likes a thing. If he has like an interest or like any (laughs) any, anything unique about his character. Exactly. It's Uh, fine.
1: If he just wants to follow Nick around like a puppy or whatever, and like forget about his past, but like, tell us a little bit of if it exists at all or why he would want it. Like there is no motivation other than like, we're following the lead actor here.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And which is like, I'm watching uh, the Sopranos right now. Uh Maisie and I are re-watching the whole thing. And there's uh Paulie and uh who is like Tony Sopranos like right hand man muscle is this kind of like empty-headed, sim- simple goon type character who's just like incredible level of loyalty to his boss, but they do like such a good job of explaining why this person is like endeared and like uh and uh like committed to this this person that he's like following and that he will follow for you know w- where that loyalty is born from whereas like with ron perlman it's like i they like liked to, to banter about buying drinks while they were killing people in the crusade which then they yeah, it's like there is a
1: past qu- but we have to just accept or like <laughs> it's just uh, it, i it just is- don't buy it
0: I, I don't even know if this moment exists in the movie, but now, I, is there a moment where after Nick, like, kills the woman, he, like, looks over somberly to Ron Perlman, who's also like, yeah, I'm right there with you? Is that yeah, yeah that,
1: that is strange, because I don't know if that exists either, but I that's exactly <laughs> his, like... His role in this movie. Like, yeah, like, there, how else
0: does he get on board? But, like, it's so weird.
1: And there's even, like, in that fight, when it, when Nick Cage's character says, like, I'm done with the Crusades. Like, you can't be done. And he's like, who's going to stop me? And he looks at him, and he walks away. Ron Perlman just kind of, like, looks at everybody, too, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're out of yeah. here. <laughs> just, like, follows uh, behind.
0: Yeah, me too. It, which is, like, and I think that's, like, the core problem of, like, why... Despite the movie having cool genre mashup elements and some cool atmospheric moments and some decent fight scenes, the main characters motivation are so like absolutely thin and you just don't buy them. And then like the supporting cast is like supposed to just be like an extension of those already incredibly poor motivations like. You know, it, 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 it doesn't work. The, the, I, felt doesn't the work.
1: I felt strong motivations for the actors who did a great job, like that priest they were walking with. I really sure, bought his the, stuff. Yeah. And he was very motivated to go to the plague. He was the most heartbroken when he saw that the other priests had, like, succumbed to the plague. I thought the woman did a great job. Like, she did a great job. Yeah, uh, Claire but, is name? good in this. What's her, what's Claire her name? Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Because I've been watching The Crown and, and been appreciating her from there. And, like, this mm-hmm. is a good deal before that. So she's pretty young. And she does... Some awesome characterization, really good at keeping us on our toes and like having like strange scenes that almost feel like disparate from who she's been establishing herself which kind of gives her an otherworldly quality and I didn't check out with the whole demon thing I actually was into it I thought it was fucking cool I was on board like seriously yeah like I was like when he when he looks up at her when he's like doing the incantations and she's just getting more powerful and then he realizes like this isn't a witch and he finds out she's a demon and then like it starts affecting her and she turns into this big demon and it's just like fucking D&D we got to kill this monster boys and then like I really liked the scene cause I liked Ron Perlman's relationship with the young squire and I liked the young squire yeah, me too. and there's a great scene where Nick Cage knights the squire because mm-hmm. he passes this like test that neither knew he was taking. He didn't know he was taking a test and Nick didn't realize he was giving him a test, but he says like, you don't need to come. Like you're probably going to die. Uh, this would be stupid for you to come and he says like well it's the right thing to do and I want to help and it was just as simple as that and Nick like truly believed him as this honest moment and then there's this moment where Nick knights him and he does the vow and Ron Perlman in the back is kind of disillusioned but when Nick actually says the vow you can kind of get this subtle like inspiration swelling or like pride swelling in Ron Perlman's character where they're having this realization where it's like being a knight really does mean something. Like we did some fucked up mm, shit sure. and knighthood has been turned on its head because of this crusade. But like, this is why we became a knight. And this kid represents like the, the best of what knights can be. And I am proud of what we did. And it is an oath worth taking, even if it's been like fucked up. And I, I just liked the, like all that and then the big bad was like a fun yeah. enough fight with like some twists and turns and like no you know, i think
0: that that's that's a really uh that that is important i think like a big part of this movie is the is nick's journey of like being disillusioned uh by you know his his former belief system and then like re-establishing it but like claiming it to be his own which is like yeah that that's that that's a good message uh, to engage yeah. with I, I think it is good and i totally agree claire foy despite kills it they're being yeah she's great and and it's a tough job too she she is like caged but the way that she i think it is like a real testament to w- like what a tremendous actor she is it, where despite being like caged the level of empowerment and control that she yeah. has over everyone mm-hmm. else in the group uh, the fact that she is still this really, really volatile and powerful, like force, despite never really showing, displaying a ton of like magical powers. It, it's often just through like these mental uh, things that she was doing, and and, mm-hmm. and uh, through her speech. Uh, but yeah, it, there's there's definitely stuff I, I like, and and I do kind of just like the vibe of this movie. I, I think that. Um, there's, uh, I, I kind of like the look of it. I they they shot it all I think in like Croatia and Hungary and it's just like really good well, classic. P- grim and it can be pretty fucking brutal. Forest. Yeah, it's pretty
1: grim. It's like yeah. I know you were like a Warhammer guy, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of like oh, yeah. dark, almost like almost like bordering metal fantasy kind of stuff is definitely sure, being touched definitely.
0: upon here. Yeah, Christopher Lee looks fucking awesome. Yeah. His makeup. I know that we touched on that early, but his makeup looks. <laughs> great well and that like, it's I, I christopher kind of wish,
1: lee too like yeah that you're totally. gonna put in there is, per, is a perfect fucking choice
0: i think that's the maybe the you know when there is a movie that has good practical effects and then it's like 10 years old and then there's also a lot of cgi later in it i think that might have been one of the reasons why i was maybe a little checked out in that last season in that last scene with uh yeah. the demons just because it's like and it doesn't look terrible or anything it like looks okay but it looks like of the era cgi in a movie that has some really cool practical uh practical effects they did a good job uh, of like makeup.
1: keeping it on the edge of shadow and lit by fire and stuff like that for yeah. the most parts so that like the the like finer details can be more obscure um but like i don't know man it held up pretty well to me i watched it on my, my fiance and i was, like big tv and like I, I kind of liked that. I was curious, like, how is this going to end? Like, are they just going to get there mm. and they're going to kill her because she's a witch? And I really didn't know. And it, it's maybe a cheap twist, maybe a little deus machina, but, like, I, I like that it was, like, the demon twist because it it really did show, like witches probably aren't real you know like this probably would have just been another like poor young girl that was being like killed for no reason but like
0: 100 percent
1: the idea that there is a bigger evil that was at play all along is like a little bit more interesting in terms of like the the climax and stuff and how it like because they did establish the priests in the order of like this book of solomon or whatever and like it's bigger than us mortals it's like a it's a fight between like demons and like men and, and I, I i don't know I, I uh i had a good enough time with it for sure
0: yeah i i had a good time watching it as well um i think that and, and like to your point about um them choosing to make it like a possession and and really really lean into the sort of like supernatural natural like mm-hmm. uh, side of the story i think that was really smart because there was a point where i was like legitimately worried where i'm like oh this is a movie that is like uh taking an actual historical event like based around the persecution of women and like how violence was justified against them while also trying to maintain like a morally righteous view of the crusades and stuff and i'm like how is that gonna work out because there's moments where we see it's it's, uh, that she does have powers and we're like oh if she is just a bad witch this is kind of fucked up. And so <laughs> I, I do think that they 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 found a way where they're like, oh, we can justify this and still end up subverting your expectations and making it that yeah. it, it isn't this person. It, it isn't and, this, like woman and pushing who it is at fault here,
1: pushing yeah. it completely into the realm of like fantasy, like right. Like, totally n- like not historical at all. Like eventually it's like it's like as historical as Van Helsing, you know.
0: Yeah. It, like it has um, ties to
1: like certain historical influences, but like, you know.
0: Yeah. V- Van Helsing is a good sort of like point of uh point of reference for this. Um, okay. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. Let's give our final thoughts and then we'll uh, give it our rating. Derek, do you want to go first on this one?
1: Sure. I think I always go first. <laughs> um, I know. I o- <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, uh, I mean, I've been thinking good-bad because the the movie does have a lot of flaws, some flaws that Mm -hmm. are unforgivable, and some direction things that are just, like... I can't say this is a good movie, but I really fucking liked it. Uh, I mean, for a Cage movie, too. Um, For sure. I enjoyed it subjectively a lot because I like some of the actors, and... I am a genre guy and I love fantasy and I thought it was a cool reveal. So I'll give it a good bad. I can't like in all good consciousness say this is like a well-made, well-produced, good piece of film or whatever. Like, but I think there's definitely a ton of redeeming qualities. And uh, if you like the genre stuff like I do, it's, it's uh, potentially, if you just get rid of little nitpicky scenes, uh, if you're not a big film critic kind of person where you just can kind of enjoy a movie, uh, which I envy you for, it's absolutely totally fine to watch this one for sure.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think I'm with you. There's a part of me that's like, oh, I, I like want to give this a good good, but because um, one of the things that we constantly say about a, a, a movie that achieves the rating of a good good is that it is good for the reasons that the like it is good because it meets the intentions uh, of the of the director and the and the the actors in the film. And Which this does, is a movie that has ways. a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, that has a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, this is working. This is spooky in the way that they want it to be spooky. Exactly. I like exactly. the character dynamic in the way that they want it's me mysterious, to like it, these yeah, characters. in the way that they want, um, yeah. But then there's also a lot of stuff that falls short. It's sort of like at a 50-50 balance of like, you know, what I like about this movie and what I think is like ultimately unsuccessful. Um, so I, I am I am gonna give it a good bad. Uh, I will also shout out. I think you made an allusion to this. Maybe at some point, or this might have been before we started recording. Nick uh, has a pretty the great wig, wig on yeah. <laughs> in this movie. He, he's also looking. He's looking hot. There's a moment where he's like oh. covert in the in the in a village, and he's got like a mask and a cow on. He's sort of practicing. Uh, you know he's got his PPE gear on (laughs) his protective gear on personal protective uh, equipment and he like pulls down his mask and he's just like his eyes are just sparkling and his hair's looking (laughs) great and he's sort of given a smolder he looks hot honestly Uh, i barely i
1: honestly barely remember him in this movie in a lot of ways (laughs) (laughs) he really just kind of plays the back he's kind of forgettable yeah yeah
0: um but he he's looking good while uh while giving kind of an empty performance um and then yeah ron perlman rocks but it gets a good bad uh now it's time for a little segment that we call cage match
1: did, 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 All right, did, did, Derek, did, we ding. talked a
0: lot about them earlier in the episode, but we're going back to talk a little bit more about our movies. Um, we've got our list. Mandy, Joe, Bad Lieutenant, The Trust, Dog Eat Dog, The Frozen Ground, Colorado Space, National Treasure 2, Stolen, National Treasure, Grand Isle, Kill Chain, Outcast, Ghost Rider, Primal, Pay the Ghost, Left Behind, Sorcerer's Apprentice, and At the Bottom of the Barrel, Knowing. Uh, this is sort of upper mid tier in this my This is mind.
1: ringing to me like right off the bat, like the kind of things that we felt and said about national treasure 2, where there's so much cool stuff and there's great set pieces and there's fun stuff that takes us away, but there are just these big misses in some ways or like plot points that are just like very strangely and shoehorned in that kind of like Mm -hmm. take it away from being able to just say without asterisk that it's a good movie. I think it's above stolen for me because it's not as ironically enjoyable. It's more actually, um, but honestly, maybe even between Stolen and Nat Treasure, because I would go higher the National Treasure, maybe even in the Colorado Space Frozen Ground, but it doesn't have the Cage performance. Colorado well, that, Space, that's what I was just saying, and yeah, Frozen really Ground really have the Cage it. performance. Yeah, the so,
0: the fact that there's just no interesting stuff going on with Cage, despite there being really cool aesthetic and atmospheric stuff in the movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. But I, I do think that under National Treasure Book of Secrets above stolen, like I'm pretty I think that's with good that. because
1: honestly, it's it's the hard line between like more ironic enjoying of Cage and him like being enjoyed for for what he's supposed to be doing. And then yeah. Book of Secrets is kind of on that same level. It just has him in a more interesting, memorable, leading role. Hmm. So yeah. I'm, um, I'm cool with that.
0: That was yeah, that's, that's a an quick easy one. one. And
1: yeah, sometimes you gotta go with and your gut. C-
0: congratulations for uh, snatching that one up and getting it in your quarantine library, Derek. That's a yeah, yeah that's I had a, to. That, yeah, not not a bad addition. Um, but now, Derek, now that we've uh, finished cage match, we've got to move into our final segment. And I can't it's believe it, I, I uh, we're moving into cage news. And it's a biggie. I just want to say, if you sort of take a walk down memory lane and think about some of the articles that constituted or like registered <laughs> as news when we were first starting the show, someone in referenced
1: him on The Bachelor or something. Would yeah, count as totally. cage news. I think
0: we had multiple weeks where I only talked about the Bachelor, just Bachelor Watch. All that was happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and now where he, where he's, you know, going to be starring in, uh, movies produced by neon. He's going to be starring, mm. uh, as himself in a movie. Oh. Uh, and of a post-modern course, postmodern
1: look at contemporary, uh,
0: cage. Yes. Yeah. He's referencing our podcast and in interviews. Um, and I'm sure you all know it out there in cage. Uh, Derek and I news. have already talked about it a bit. Uh, Nick Cage is going to play Tiger King's Joe Exotic in a scripted series from the American Vandal showrunner.
1: Say it to me slow. Say it to me slow. He,
0: Nick Cage, is the (laughs) Tiger King. Okay. Um,
1: Now listen. I know we're all excited, and this is a lot of fun. Yes. And it's huge. <laughs> it's huge hey, news hey, for us. I Herbola. know. I know.
0: I know. All you kids are having fun out there, but let's uh, let's hear from old Papa Derek.
1: <laughs> Tiger King. First of all, I watched the whole thing. Everybody did. Everyone and, watched it. And I'm gonna sound like such a like fucking asshole, but like documentaries are fucking amazing. Like there are some amazing documentaries. It's it's one of the most coolest the coolest thing you can do as like a filmmaker is make an engaging moving important documentary and the this documentary, documentary lover this documentary is just a fucking reality show like the other guy wanted to make it's just stupid mm-hmm. bullshit and they're like writing it by cutting it and it's just it's fine that's what it is like i'm not saying it's trying to be something else i'm just saying the internet has kind of taken a hold of it, right? It's been memified in a lot sure. of ways. I've never, never going to oh, be able yeah. to financially recover from this, right? And that is a slippery slope when it comes to our man Nick Cage. Like, I want him to be important and popular and respected and revered for what he is. And being Joe Exotic could, could go that route, you know, like some just otherworldly performance that embodies this guy. Like it could be like the Andy Kaufman Jim Carrey thing or something, you know. But mm. I worry that it's cheap. It's a cheap laugh. Like, the headline is what they're paying for when they hired him, you know? Like, Nick Cage, the internet fucking meme, is going to play Joe Exotic, the internet fucking documentary meme. And I I, I just... I hope it's going to be great, and I I, and I think we're all going to have a lot of fun. But I, I worry a little bit in that respect.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a little apprehensive of this as well. Um, I... I had some thoughts about the documentary in regards to there's been a lot of like discourse about the way that like ever since like serial came out, the way that like true crime has been turned into this sort of like entertainment more so than a documentary that is like setting out to like get information out there. And Mm -hmm. it's like documentaries are supposed to be engaging and and interesting and compelling, But um, when you start to like, th- there's some kind of gross stuff in the Tiger King about drawing uh, moral parallels between like Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic, and like, are, are either of these people really good? And it is like, well one one clearly has like some better practices than the other. Like one of, <laughs> it, it, and it's it, there is some. I think that some of that like um, moral equivalence comes as a result of them trying to be like, ooh, we want this to be like a compelling narrative that we're crafting. Uh, so I'm kind of interested in if this engages with it in a different regards. This, this is obviously a, a story like that is going to be separate from that Netflix documentary. So we're going to see sort of a different take on everything uh, there. Ho- I'm really hoping that this isn't, that we get something that is almost more... Uh, more like comedically focused and isn't trying to do just a straight parody of the documentary that we saw yeah. I, I hope that we get something that is more like a Christopher Guest like Spinal Tap Tapper um, best-in-show like that I want I want it to be like tonally uh, I just sort of creatively separate from the documentary because I, I think that the documentary like as time moves on as people think more about it i don't think it's going to be looked on as super favorably um and uh so and then also like one of the things that kind of gives me some hope uh did you watch american vandal derek do you know the show
1: uh just the like trailers and stuff i never actually watched the show
0: it, it it's really it's really funny and thoughtful and they tend to really focus on grounded trying to give those like naturalistic like they they are committed to the mock, mockumentary uh mm-hmm. aspect of it um so i i am I'm, I'm very interested from that regard in that regards to see like what cage looks like in that sort of a form like this is the first time we've ever seen him on a tv show this is the first time we've ever seen him in a mockumentary where we're going, like, he, we know that he is someone who loves to improvise, uh, which is like, oh, I'm just, I'm very interested in, in this, obviously. It can but can go I, so
1: many ways.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This, a part of me is like, kind of cringes at the idea of like, if you just mash up these two sort of like, Meme like meme-y popular things. things. Yeah. yeah, it feels like uh, you're you paying for put, the like, headline. A random meme generator, and it's like yeah. Nick Cage as Joe Exotic, and it feels kind of like a little crass and opportunistic in that in that regard. So I hope that they're casting him for a reason beyond that. I hope that they see something in his uh, hopefully he came and like pitched himself to it uh, like with it i uh, hope he hopefully he has like a take on the character some I interesting do think if it is yeah some interesting or unique i think
1: perspective in any way is it's just gonna definitely be because joe exotic already is such a crazy character so w- mm-hmm. like just trying to emulate him and being funny by doing a joe exotic impression is like a pretty lame move to pull at a party, you know? And I don't want to see Nick Cage doing that for 10 fucking episodes, you know? You know what, Derek,
0: this is a little premature, but I, I, I think that I, I just chose another movie. We were going to do one movie. I'm going to do another movie because this sort of, there's, there's a 2016, I think film called army of one where Nick is playing, this character, this like a eccentric guy, and it's based on a real character, and it's super different than any other cage performance because he's trying to depict like an actual guy. He's trying to capture this person that there's a lot of interviews and footage of. Uh the guy with it's directed by the director of Borat. Uh and really? it's about this guy who Wanted to go and kill uh, Osama bin Laden, and j- he was like an American guy who just like flew and ended up in Pakistan. Uh, uh, it, it it seems like a crazy movie, but I do think it might lend some interesting insight into how Nick approaches. Um, like playing a character, a specific person in like a biopic, in the way that we might get with Joe Exotic. So, so we'll watch that for our movie. Good uh, choice, Army of One. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think you know, it, th- he, here's here's one one thing. Uh, I'm excited that Nick is going to be back in the limelight. I hope yeah. that he doesn't re-enter. I think one of the things that we've been really hoping for is that he's on this trajectory doing films like uh, Joe, doing films like Mandy, uh, doing things like the uh, this is okay. Hold on. Sorry. I know that I'm kind of all over the place. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is a movie where he's playing him like a version of himself against. The memeified version of himself right. seemed to be him kind of shedding this image, right? Where he's like, I want to buck this idea that I'm just a meme, that I can be like su- summarized as someone who has these crazy outbursts in movies. Him playing Joe Exotic feels like he's re upping that image in some ways. Uh, yeah. So those, those two movies arriving, or these two projects arriving, hitting around the same time. I'm I'm interested in the contrast they seem kind of like uh to be at o- opposite ends of the spectrum of each other but um we'll see it's, how it plays out.
1: And it's not like when I say, you know, we should revere Nick Cage or whatever like that <laughs> that's to take that out of context, but like uh like <laughs> I feel like he was, you know, he's a huge he is, but he was a huge huge mm-hmm. huge star. Like It was very common to see him as a leading man. He had crazy performances. You knew, like, it was a Nick Cage movie, you know, like, and he's been kind of in an incubation state. Like, he's been kind of, like, he's been kind of Link in the freaking Temple of Time, waiting 100 years before Zelda's sweet song whispers in his ears to come up and save Hyrule. Like... He's been doing all these weird <laughs> indie movies, like nobody gives a shit. He'll do anything. He's not really starring in anything big. He's just working and grinding. And now yeah. he's finally evolving from where he was to where he is with this like in- incubation in between. And now, as he emerges mm-hmm. from the incubation, projects like Joe and Mandy and this unbearable weight of massive talent are starting to pop up. And it's like, okay, if he becomes reacquainted with the world stage as like a a more of a pop icon like he used to be i think it would just be really really great and a horrible missed opportunity if he didn't do it in a way that that showcased his talent his seasoned talent over the years and like you know the things that he can bring to the table beyond being a fucking joke of like pictures hidden all over your house of him making a funny face like and to to kind of like yeah, step backwards, like anti-production, like being, like non-conducive to production is just maybe just anally like OCD to me. Of like, I just don't want that to happen. You know, I don't want them to yeah, revert. Yeah, totally. So, so I'm I'm with you there. But I am glad that like, it does seem like we're riding a, a freaking Nick Cage wave, like. uh he seems to be coming more and more relevant all the time, which is exciting for us in this show. And and if it is a big Truly. fucking train wreck that we have to get our hands in there and examine and do a post-mortem <laughs> of this fucking terrible Joe show, and we have to, like, realize that this guy who we're starting to look up to is just a fucking quack, like, we'll do it, and that'll be fun too. But, you know... I oh, totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we are along for the ride no matter where it uh, takes us. And, and we hey, will never know. Uh, as someone who sometimes <laughs> probably un- undeservedly gets a little nervous that, like, oh, are we gonna like run out of like contemporary movies to do? Him doing a TV show where we could maybe take it an episode at a time. Oh god! That really, I'm like, sure uh, really extends episode out we have a the uh, content. Yeah, that really uh, sort of uh, extends the content for us. Um, but yeah I mean we get to revu- review like a a TV show that's it's interesting it's a weird wild time and uh we're on board um i yeah I think I, I just hope that it hits at a time when people are ready to get like a different take on this story that is known and I hope that it brings a different angle to it um but yeah man we'll we'll see we'll see We got one other news item. Anything else you want to say about Tiger King?
1: I would just say, yeah, I, I feel like in five years from now, Tiger King might look like Mambo Number Five or something. Like, remember that shit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, on a,
0: and on. on a nice um, uh, sort of note to end the show on, um, Nicholas Cage's son Weston, who's his oldest uh, of his two sons, uh, the one that he wrote a comic book with. Uh, oh yeah uh welcomes twin daughters so cage is now a uh grandpa third and a fourth uh, a grandpa uh, i think a third and a fourth time over i think weston already had two kids um so yeah nick is uh he's got twin little uh granddaughters can't wait to see the movies
1: they'll be making a remake of nick cage's remake of the tiger king um so congratulations
0: Weston and uh Weston's lovely wife. Uh we we hope we're glad to hear that Mrs. the Westin? girls are are healthy <laughs> and That's uh doing well.
1: Cage family news. You got to you know it's tough having a kid in this time, you know. Ugh, yeah. Imagine that? Yeah. Uh, hope, I'm sure
0: being spending time in a hospital would be uh would be yeah. anxiety inducing, but it sounds like everything's going good. I think they're probably already home. Um, but yeah, shout out Weston!
1: Uh, Congratulations, up West? my
0: man! Always what's welcome, West on the show. Bud. <laughs> yes, uh, Wes. Uh, Whenever you want to come down, we're happy. <laughs> Westworld,
1: you. you just march down here and pop that mic on. Boom. Uh, yeah. I oh and I'll, yeah. Oh, go.
0: <laughs> That'll do it for our show. We're gonna uh, next week. We are wait, wait, watching wait, 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 Army wait. of One. I, I wanted to. Uh, I
1: wanted to do a special. I want to do a special recommendation. Okay. for the
0: just cage Nace?
1: Just the cage Nation. You, know, yeah. you know, you know us. You hear us and uh, you know a lot of times we're like oh, this isn't good cuz good movies you good movies are this is bad. Well, I now, just want to Now if
0: this was more like Citizen Kane, exactly. I would be loving if it.
1: If it was something I don't know like The Godfather, it might be a little better. Uh, I wanted to say a movie that is very much in line with being historical but also fiction uh, that's contemporary that I watched recently after this movie because I was kind of on a medieval kick that is so, so, so cool. So, so, so cool. Like the characters in this movie and uh, the development and the things that are si- – uh, Dave, it Dick, is – Dave, I'm at the edge of my seat. What What movie is this? It's called The King and it's a Netflix original movie. You oh, probably yeah, have I seen it king. advertised a little while ago. It's got Twilight as the evil Frenchman. Um mm-hmm.
0: Timothy that, Chalamet as the king.
1: That is 100% a good good. My god, I just I just want a chef's kiss so certain parts of that movie of like of of character development of, like, choices of things you can do with the character of twists that are so, so deserved and so unforeseen but inevitable and just good fucking stuff. I just, if you liked Season of the Witch or you're into that genre stuff and you want to watch something a little bit more, like, undiluted uh, with kind of mediocrity, The King is a great great choice it's really long so i put it off for a long time it's like two and a half hours but it's one of those two and a half hour movies that the pacing just makes it feel like it's not even very long like it, it felt yeah, like it was just I'm done yeah it was so well and, done i love that
0: movie. i really really liked the king as well and, and it kind of like came and went in the public's consciousness i didn't yeah. hear a lot of talk about it um I but think it's yeah cause it's two and a half Timothee hours chalamet long timothy chalamet <laughs> Yeah, possibly. Um, I, yeah, or, or maybe people just have an aversion to historical fiction. I, I, yeah. I feel like that's not really like the yeah. hot thing right now yeah. because it is like when you look at that cast, like Timothy Chalamet is like the guy right now. He is the like mm-hmm. young uh, actor, and he's he's great in it. Um, Robert Pattinson, I love, just consistently turns in like incredible like performances in indie movies. He's just oh, like oh, yeah. so selective, like between he put out the, he, he has the, uh, the performance that he gives in the King and then like him in the lighthouse, like those oh came God. out in the same year, not that far uh, from each other. And they're both like so uniquely great performances, both really crazy accents. in both of them he nails his accents. Uh, I really love Joel Edgerton. Who's like Timothy Chalamet's like f- mm-hmm. uh, friend and confidant. And he's, he's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, but yeah, man, I re- I really dug the king as well. There's a there's a a realism to the fight scenes where they're like yeah. y- when they're fully armored, where it's like I think incredibly I, clunky and awkward. I, I and, and, and like, it was it was great because I was into the mud.
1: I'm oh, I'm such a nerd, so and I like watch stupid YouTube videos and like read books about how like how a knight actually would fight, and you know all that stupid shit, yeah. and like how it's not like how it's traditionally shown. And I was watching sitting there watching it with my fiance and i was talking about like it's actually true that they would be this young like they're pretty much middle-aged because they're like 21 mm-hmm. you know and like and then i was like that's kind of cool that they did it like they look so young but like that's actually cool and then they they're about to fight one-on-one and i'm sitting there telling like mansplaining my fucking fiance nerd stuff and i was like well oh, you boy. know knights really it's more about grappling and then because um, she was like how do they even kill each other with all that armor and i was like well usually knights have um a knife on them and it comes and then right when i said that chalamet like gets out a knife when he's like grappling and was, like just like that, you see. <laughs> like I was just like both feeling really confident that I knew what I was talking about, that how knights oh, fight historically, White. and appreciative of the movie for trying to like bring that into like cinematic light. So I was just, I was just being just. You don't want to watch movies with that. But like, Derek it, in
0: his quarantine house, <laughs> uh, Kasha, Kesha, yeah, that's great, dude. She's just, just <laughs> on her phone, ignoring.
1: Yeah, I'm sure knights did. Yeah, like really that, cool. Man. Um, no, uh,
0: Cheddar goblin, this is actually this is the way that they <laughs> would fight. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's the cool. I'm enjoying the movie just trying to watch it, my man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I, but yeah, maybe I'm getting older, but like the actual battle sequences and stuff, they're handled fine. they're handled good and they try to do that really mm. gritty realism shit. But like they are so not the highlight of the movie. Like there's some really cool fighting in action. and like when you have a movie with dudes with swords and stuff, that's kind of like a big appeal to it but to me everything surrounding it is what makes that yeah, movie yeah the drama so, the politique
0: so, so in that movie uh, it's it's great yeah it's uh the,
1: the pace of the movie, revealing yeah. like god damn i love every scene like so much good stuff going on I love the Me ending too. My when there's just like the wedding is you can hear yeah. the bells ringing in the background the whole time from victory to betrayal to like reconciliation to acceptance to the future all in one scene with like church bells ringing in the back the whole time. God, I thought it was fucking awesome.
0: My uh, my number one most anticipated movie is uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, which is starring Oh, uh, that's Chalamet. that's uh,
1: also yeah because I didn't know who Chalamet was really, but then I yeah. then yeah he's he's gonna be in the new Dune, which is also very very exciting. Um, yeah, that I think looks he's a great. Good choice. The cast
0: in that it's got your Hagrid in it. It's got Dave Batista in it. He was yeah. in an episode who, of. Who, um,
1: uh, what we do in the shadows, and it it really makes oh, really? me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, that's so <laughs> Cause funny. Because he's got the like Avengers ties with Watiti, so they like. Oh got sure, him on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: great. Uh, now we're totally just like rambling about yeah. film stuff now, but that's fun. Uh, I, I will say, so um, Batista's performance in um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Uh, yeah, have you, have you seen that? It's yeah where he he plays he's um a a replicant uh, an android in that movie and it's like Mm -hmm. such a small performance but he's so fucking good in it It, it, like and it was the first time i had seen him do something a little more dramatic i only really knew him from guardians of the galaxy um but i I, yeah i really like the way that denis used him in that movie so i'm excited that they're teaming up again for dune uh but yeah man that that dune cast it's got oscar isaac and um, have you? And, did uh, you read Javier Bardem? And no, I've never read the book. I'm only I, excited about it from the perspective of like I love Denis, and then the cast is so so good. I, I have a, I'm sure the book's great, but I did, and I I've, I like the David Lynch movie kind of, even though everyone hates it.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's just like it's kind of like The Shining or something. Like it's just like that's not at right. all, Really, the book. So yeah. the idea, the that perspective something...
0: is that it's unadaptable essentially. A film, yeah. So, it's, it's yeah. So
1: but like taking a more like i assume this is going to be a much more like centric to the source material Um, Mm -hmm.
0: and i think he's doing two i think he's splitting it into two movies
1: that makes sense Um, yeah yeah that's really interesting because if you've never read the book and you don't really have the context of it uh, if they do a movie that is closer to the source material that's done well it could make for a really cool i would say blade runner is honestly the closest parallel in terms of tone and like how okay. the book is like huh. written and like the pacing of it so it, it, it like if you're excited at all without that context like um it should be a really really cool project
0: yeah i'm i'm stoked on it uh blade runner 2049 is is I loved that movie so much. I thought it was incredible. I think it, it's such a, like an impossible task too to like create the sequel for something that so does not need a sequ- sequel. I, like just no one really is well, asking for it or or wanting it. Um, and it, yeah, I, have, I, I love Twenty Forty Nine.
1: I had a little bit of a hard time because me and my fiance kind of had giggle fits with Jared Leto. We just couldn't take him fucking seriously. Uh, we just couldn't. Stop yeah, giggling. Leto's tough. <laughs> my, with some my of his favorite. Scenes yeah
0: my, <laughs> he's it, yeah he's a little intense in that he's intense at everything, but uh yeah, I do I think mean, it's like he a, as that sort of like messiah complexed tech guy, I think it's like oh, this is smart casting like it's this honestly guy similar tone
1: notes like to the whole mandy thing, like where it is kind of mm, funny yeah. if you look at it like yeah, with, totally in broad daylight, what is going on is kind of just ridiculous.
0: Right. Um, There's sort of like a somber, just really hyper serious tone to it. But I do think that there is intentionality in him being seen as 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 a villain, as a villain, ultimately. And and I think it is like uh, the audience is supposed to disagree and kind of think that this guy's a little ridiculous. But and we will cut it off soon. But Gosling's performance in that movie. (laughs) I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan. And uh, I I think it's. It's it's one of the m- most like subtle but like thoughtful and powerful performances I've seen in the last decade. It's so fucking good. I don't uh, think I really it gets
1: quite to um, his "Say Cheese and Die" episode of Goosebumps that he did. Uh, <laughs> Canadian boy, but his uh, <laughs>
0: young Hercules <laughs> run. Him but in it's, the it's a God. good,
1: decent try. You can't really recapture, you know, once it gets out of the bottle.
0: That's that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, and on that note, if you guys wouldn't mind going over to iTunes and iTunes I-tones and getting
1: toned and li- at iTunes, getting baby. toned up,
0: leaving us a review, um, we would really, really appreciate that if you enjoyed the episode. If you hung in here for this long, uh, we would really, really appreciate that. Well, Benny, our biggest friend,
1: biggest fan says, biggest friend and biggest fan says biggest that, friend. Uh, this is what the podcast needs. So he says, you need to get off book. You need to go on tangents. You need to just shoot the shit. And if he's right, go ahead and write a review and let us know that that's good. And yeah. And you want more. But if he's wrong, tell him. Tell him, Benny, I mean, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. You want structure, Benny. The,
0: I think the intention of the show, I'm, I'm always a big fan of a show that has the structure, but... You know, doesn't isn't worried, isn't Beholden. scared of leaving it behind uh, yeah, if necessary, yeah. um, so like us. So yeah, exactly, exactly like us. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at CagePod. Um, yep. y- that's where you can go and vote for uh, who has the best quarantine library. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are also at CagePod. There. Oh, and if yeah, you want to oh, email yeah. the show. We are uh, ContemporaryCage at gmail.com.
1: Have we gotten any Derek, uh, emails yet?
0: I think SoundCloud sent me a, <laughs> a payment. <laughs> uh, that was the of the the Piper. Most of the interactions I've gotten are like through Instagram and Twitter.
1: I know it's like Give when I email, was you know? when I was in college, it was like, Oh, you're calling me? Oh, that's weird. And now now that I've been out of college for however many years, it's like, ooh, emailing that's way too personal. I just don't I just don't get this generation. Yeah. I uh
0: I check it maybe like every other show, but yeah, if you guys want to send us an email, we'll
1: read it. We'll fucking maybe read it. We'll It'll rip you talked- to shreds. Yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> friggin' Yeah. How dare You'll be the last time us. you email us, you son of a
0: bitch. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Do not email my wife again. <laughs>
1: to me or my <laughs> you ever,
0: wife. You ever seen that picture where the guy there's like graffiti that on someone's like garage door that says "Stop emailing my wife"? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is <laughs> the really most good like
0: stash.
1: a picture of graffiti <laughs> on a garage, like, Dave.
0: Yeah, it's like Midwestern conflict. Um, That'll do it for the show. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, and Army of One next week. Army of One. Army of One.